All right, welcome everybody on this beautiful, sunny northern Nevada evening. Uh, a couple of things I want to talk about uh, while you're turning in your Bibles to Deuteronomy uh, chapter 9. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 9. <clears throat> uh, tonight we're starting a new series on our giants. Uh, it's something that I've been praying about. God has directed me. We've been studying the... <clears throat> the uh, uh, book of Job, and uh, God has kind of redirected me here uh, for a few weeks anyway, uh, talking about our, uh, the giants in our lives, and I, I, I trust that this is going to be a help and a blessing to you. It, it's been an encouragement to me just studying for it, and uh, so anyway, we're going to be doing that. Uh, we're in the process of working on uh, live streaming, so it won't just be Facebook Live. We're, we're hoping to be able to, to uh, do some live streaming as well. And I wanted to let you know that uh, we, on our website, we have a, um, a, uh, the ability for you to give uh, via the Internet now, um, so uh, online giving. So if you're interested in that, uh, please take advantage of that on our website. <clears throat> Deuteronomy <clears throat> is a, it's an interesting book. It's the fifth book of the Bible. The, the, the first five books of the Bible were written by a guy named Moses. Um, and most of you know who Moses is. Uh, <clears throat> they are also called the Pentateuch. Uh, it's a theological term for, for the books that Moses wrote. But Deuteronomy, uh, being the fifth book, is a significant book in the Old Testament. I, uh, as I didn't realize some of these statistics I'm going to give you uh, until after I, I had done some study on it. But the, the book of Deuteronomy is either quoted or cited almost 200 times in the New Testament. I, I found that to be really interesting. It is a book of transition of sorts. Moses is getting ready to go off the scene. Uh, uh, he's led the people out of Egypt. They've wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. <clears throat> and now... They are getting ready to go into the promised land. And the, the, the transition is between Moses and a guy named Joshua. Joshua is going to be taking over the leadership of the nation, if you would, and <clears throat> leading the, uh, the people of Israel uh, into the promised land. In the book of Deuteronomy... God allows Moses to see the promised land, but not to enter into the promised land. Uh, God takes him up on top of a mountain. He's able to look over the river uh, into the promised land, and he's able to see it, uh, but he's not allowed to go in because of sin in his life. Uh, <clears throat> so Moses is, ha again, handing the leadership of Israel over to Joshua. Joshua is a warrior king, or, or well, he's not a king. He's he's a a leader, um, but he, yeah, he's not a king. Um, but he's he's a warrior. That's that's what Joshua is. And and so the 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 leadership between Moses and Joshua is going to be very very different. So <clears throat> let's start reading in Deuteronomy chapter nine in verse one. It says, "Hear, O Israel." Thou art to pass over Jordan this day and go in 
to possess nations greater and mightier than thyselves, cities uh, uh, great and fenced up to heaven, a people great and tall, the children of the uh, of the uh, Anakims, um, who thou knowest, and of whom thou hast heard say, who can stand before the children of Anak? Understand therefore this day that the Lord thy God <clears throat> is he which goeth over before thee as a consuming fire. He shall destroy them. He shall bring them down before thy face. So shalt thou drive them out and destroy them quickly as the Lord has said unto thee. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you again for this day. I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for the power that the word has in our lives, or, or, or I should say the power that the word of God can have in our lives. And I ask, Lord, that everybody watching, everybody listening, will get a, a stirring in their hearts and want to have a desire to serve you more. We love you and we thank you, for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. God outlines in the book of Deuteronomy, he outlines the boundaries of the promised land. <clears throat> and and, he, and I'm, we're not going to get into all that because that's not what the sermon's about tonight. But in his description, he makes it perfectly clear, perfectly clear, that the land is full of enemies that are bigger and stronger than the nation of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 38 says, To drive out nations before thee, greater and mightier than thou art. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 1, When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land, whether thou goest to possess it, and, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 23. And ye shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. Over and over and over, God very clearly tells the people of, of Israel, where you're going, you don't have a chance. There is no doubt that God is painting a very clear picture of what the children of Israel are getting into. He's not candy coating anything. They know exactly what's waiting for them. There are giants in your future. He's telling the nation of Israel, he, said, he, he says, when you cross over the Jordan, get ready because there's giants in your future. I'm here to tell you, each and every one of us, be prepared because there's giants in our future. Think about this for a minute. Greater and mightier than we are. Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. The, <clears throat> the Emus dwell therein in times past, 
a people great and many <clears throat> and many and tall and the, Am- the Anakims, which also were uh, accounted giants and the Anakims and the Moabites call them Emens. Emens is a word that means to, to, to inflict terror or fear. They, 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 many of the people that possessed the promised land were fearful of this group of people. For 40 years, <clears throat> the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. But before they did that, when they had, when they had come out of Egypt, they had crossed the desert, they had gotten to the, to the promised land, they sent spies into the land. And the spies encountered some of these giants and they came back and they, they told the people, they said, hey, we can't, we can't defeat these people. They're too great. And personally, I believe that's the whole point. In Numbers chapter 13, verses 32 and 33, says, and they brought up an evil report unto the land which they had searched uh, unto the children of Israel, saying, the land uh, <clears throat> uh, through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw uh, in it are men of great stature. There was, uh, And there we saw a giant, the son of Anak, <clears throat> which uh, come of the giants, and we were in our sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Fear had gripped the hearts of the children of Israel because of the giants that were in the land. Now in Deuteronomy chapter 9, they're back at the river, getting ready to go into the river, and God is telling them, look, there is seven nations and they are all greater than you are. But you need to go. You need to go. We don't face giants in our lives called Emons or Anakims or Jebusites or any of those other names. The giants that we face are fear, loneliness, Addiction. As you probably are going through your mind, what about discouragement or doubt? See, we all face we all face giants, and they're all greater than we are. And it's so important that we get a hold of this. We we sit around and we fret and, and we worry about unpaid bills. Many of us right now are are, are contemplating, how am I going to pay my bills? I'm not working right now. You know what? That is a great big giant. But I'm here to tell you my God's bigger than that. Our worries, our fears grip our hearts and we allow them to control us instead of us controlling them. Just like the spies that went into the land of Israel the first time, they were intimidated by the size of the giants. We are so often intimidated ourselves by the size of our problems. 
We allow our problems to dictate to us whether or not we are happy and content. The giants are different, but they're just as real. We need the same courage that Joshua had. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 uh, and 7, it says, uh, Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance uh, the land which I swear unto thy fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to the law which Moses, his servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. The title of my message this evening is this. Your giants are stronger than you. Your your giants are stronger than you. It's easy to make the same mistake that the the Israelite spies made when they went uh, went into the promised land the first time. It's easy to look at our problems and to, 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 to step back and say, how in the world am I going to pay my bills? How, how am I going to do this? And how am I going to do that? And, and the world is literally coming apart at the seams. What in the world am I going to do? I'm here to tell you, your problems are bigger than you. But your God is bigger than the problems. We cannot allow the fear and the unknown to steal away our confidence in our God. Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. Number one, how did Joshua have courage? How did Joshua have courage? Well, it's really pretty pretty simple. He encouraged himself in the Word of God. He encouraged himself in the Word of God. Um, uh, He was reminded in in Joshua chapter uh, uh, 1, verse 6, be strong and of good courage. The Lord told him, the the Word of God came to Joshua and, and that is the thing it was the word of God that gave Joshua the courage that he needed. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He also was reminded in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, that the presence of God would be with him. It says, the Lord thy God is with thee. One of the things that I hear often from people as I talk to them in our community is, uh, but but pastor, I don't I don't feel like God is close to me. I you know I, I don't feel like God is working in my life. Well, I'm here to tell you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. 
Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he saith, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that if, if that promise is true, and I believe it to be true, who moved, you or God? I can promise you one thing, it wasn't God. Every time in my life that I have felt distance between me and God, it is because I moved and not him. He says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now, those of you that know the story, <clears throat> when they went into the land, did, it, did, did all the, the battles and everything go smoothly for the nation of Israel? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And our lives are going to be very much like that. We're going to make mistakes along the way, just like the children of Israel did. But as we make mistakes, it is our opportunity to grow and to mature. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, Be strong and of a, a good courage. Fear not, be not afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that uh, doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. What an incredible promise. What did the angel tell Mary in the... In, in, you know, when when the, the angel came to Mary and told her that she's going she's gonna to be having a baby, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, she was just a little freaked out. But what did the angel say in Luke chapter 1, verse 30? And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. So let me ask you a question. If the angel had to tell her not to fear then that meant she had fear. If, if she wasn't scared, the angel would not have said, fear not. See, it's not, the fear itself is not the problem in our lives. Fear is a natural emotion that God puts in our lives. Our fears, though, should never control us. We should always be able to control our fears. Because our giants are always going to be greater than we are. Not only that, but he also uh, was reminded of God's promises are still intact. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 6, uh, it says, and unto the, un, For unto his people shalt thou divide an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. <clears throat> The promises of God never change. We may, we may be intimidated by some giants in our lives and we may have fear and doubt and questions in our minds, but the promises of God never change. And the, what, what, again, going back to what I was just talking about, the biggest promise or the biggest promise that, that he has given us is that he'll never leave us. So how can we have courage? Number one, we need to trust the Word of God. We need to trust the Word of God. I heard some statistics recently that <clears throat> among believers, 
those that read their Bible on a regular basis, the, the, the numbers almost go off the chart how much more they trust God if they're in the Word. But believers that are not in the Word don't trust God. The, the numbers are staggering. Like, I, I want to say, what, 80, 90% of Christians that read their Bibles, what, four, four times a week, I think it was? Uh, my, my wife was, was there with me when I think you were actually reading me the, 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 the statistics. Just four times a week. It went from, from three times a week, it was, what, about 20% of believers or something like that. <clears throat> but four times a week, if you're in the Word of God, four times a week, the trust level jumped to like 90%. We need to be in the Word. The Word of God makes a difference. So where did Joshua get his courage? He got it from the Word of God. I want to talk about point number two is the principles of courage. Now, this is, this is something that I think is really important. So there, there are two principles of courage. The first one is when courage is denied, people are paralyzed. Think about this for a second. When courage is denied, people are paralyzed. What happened the first time the children of Israel spent, sent spies into the land? They came back, they heard an evil report, and what happened? The entire, the entire nation was paralyzed. What about Goliath? In 1 Samuel chapter 17, uh, verse 11, it says, And when, when Saul and all Israel heard those words which, uh, of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. When courage is denied, people are paralyzed. King Belteshazzar, in Daniel chapter 5, verse 6, the, it says, Then the king, king's uh, countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his loins were loose, and his knees smote one against the other. He was so scared because courage had been denied. His knees were physically knocking. What a scary place to be. But when courage, the second principle of courage is this, when courage is demonstrated, people become empowered. When courage is demonstrated, people become empowered. The, the life of David is another great example. 1 Samuel chapter 17 uh, verses 45 and 46. And then said Daniel, or excuse me, then said David uh, to the Philistines, excuse me, the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the enemies of Israel, <clears throat> uh, whom, whom uh, thou hast defied. Uh, this day the Lord will deliver thee into my hand and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee and I will give the carcass uh, of the, the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and in the uh, to the uh, wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know 
that the that there was a God in Israel. So here, the demonstration of of courage by David. But what happens to the rest of the army? In verse 52, it continues, And the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until thou uh, come to the valley uh, and to the gate of Akron. So what happened? Because of one man's, well, one teenager's courage, the armies of Israel were excited and were able to go to battle. But on the flip side, because the king did not demonstrate courage, it brought fear into the camp. But one man's courage changed everything. And when we demonstrate courage, people around us become empowered. And in the midst of what is going on around us, if there's ever been a time for the church to stand courageous, it's now. Billy Graham said, courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spine of others will often stiffen. What about Gideon and the 300 men? Gideon was scared to death. Gideon Gideon was apprehensive at best. He, he put the fleece out twice and, and, and are, okay, God, are you sure you want me to do it? Anyway, he goes on and he does it because he demonstrated courage. Let's see what happens in Judges chapter 7, verses 20 to 23. And the three companies blew the trumpets and the, break the pitchers and, uh, and held lamps in their hands and the trumpets in their right hand and blew with all. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and Gideon, and they stood every man in his place round about the camp. And all the hosts ran and cried and fled, and the 300 blew the trumpets, and the Lord set every man's sword against the fellow, uh, even throughout all the host. And the host fled uh, to uh, Besaveth in Zerath, and to the border of Abanon, and to uh, uh, Taboth. And the men of Israel gathered themselves together out, out of Naphtali and out of Asher and out of all uh, Manasseh and pursued after the Midianites. What happened? One man's courage, Gideon, empowered an entire army. It was one man. Way too often we underestimate the the power that one individual has in the lives of people around them. We so often want to put it off on someone else. Oh, let someone else do it. No, you need to stand. You need to be courageous. You need to be willing to go. So how did Joshua have courage? The word of God. We talked about the two principles of courage. And then number three, I want to talk about facing our giants. Facing our giants. I am not going to, kind of like God with the children of Israel, he didn't candy coat anything. He told them, hey, look, there are seven nations that are greater than you. 
And you're going to have to go up to every one of them with great walled cities and, and you're going to have to be willing to fight them. I'm here to tell you that the, 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 the giants in your life are just as real and just as big, if not bigger. Because when I, I'm here to tell you when it's happening to you, they're bigger. Giants are real. They're bigger and stronger and greater than ever. <clears throat> and I, I can I can just see I can see it right now. Some some of you out there are probably say, okay, great pastor, that is exactly what I needed to hear. I I've got giants come down on top of me. <clears throat> and that is exactly what I'm trying to tell you. Because if you don't get a hold of this, then when they do come, they will defeat you. How do we defeat our giants? How do we defeat the giants that come into our lives? The the, the stress, the anger, the 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 depression, the the um, uh, addictions, and all of the things, all of the giants that can come into our lives. How do we defeat them? We defeat it the same way Joshua did, through the power of the Word of God. Understanding courage and being being willing to stand. Joshua chapter one verse nine. I have not commanded uh, thee, uh, uh, excuse me, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good, good, good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. As we talk about the different kind of giants that come into our lives through over the next few weeks, I'll be hopefully giving you specific things that you can do to to defeat specific giants in your lives. But the the reality is this, and I don't want to candy coat this in any way, shape, or form. Giants are coming. If you're not fighting a battle in your life right now, you're going to be soon. One of the the big big battles or or giants that, that many of us fight is discouragement. And with everything going on right now, it's easy to become discouraged. It's incredibly easy to become discouraged because we get our eyes off of God and onto the giant and all we see is the giant, we don't see God. See, that is, that is the key here. And if we can understand that God is greater than every giant that's going to come our way, then it's easy to have the courage to stand because God will always be with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. But we need to stand. And as the giants come, we need to stand. We need to be strong in our faith. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. A man that hath friend must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. We have a dear friend named Jesus Christ that hangs with us in every situation that we can possibly get in. A friend that sticketh closer than a brother. 
courage is contagious. And as we face the uncertain days ahead of us, we need to understand the importance of courage. How did Joshua get his courage? He got his courage from the Word of God. We need to be Christians that are willing to demonstrate courage. Because when we demonstrate courage, it empowers others. But if we fail and we deny courage, then people around us are going to be paralyzed and the giant is going to get bigger. Facing our giants. They're coming. What are you going to do? Are you going to allow your eye to be focused on the giant? Or are you going to be focusing on God? Choice is yours. Let's pray. Dear Lord,